Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is another edition of our Unsung Hoopers, but this time we're going to talk about the G League. So Jalen and I came up with three Unsung Hoopers from the G League, and we're going to discuss them. Jalen, who is your first unsung hooper from the G League? Man, so I got to talk about the guy, Kevin Porter Jr., you know, most recently moved from the Cleveland Cavaliers over to the Houston Rockets, now plays for Rio Grande Vipers down in the G League. And he has had two really outstanding games. The first one was um, the first one was an output where he had put up 25 points, four assists, and three rebounds. Really excellent game to be able to kick off the G League season this year against the Raptors 905. That was that was a really big game, kind of waking up the league in terms of being able to see what he can do. Everybody kind of knew out of high school that they were they were anointing him as, you know, baby hard and offense offensively and stuff. And this was like one of those wake up games in terms of being able to help people realize you know, once again, that, yes, he wasn't getting the kind of playing time that you would think he would have gotten um, for a Cleveland team that desperately needed production at the guard position. You also kind of had a hard time getting a vibe as to what kind of player he was because of all the locker room issues that were taking place as well. So I think that was a really great output. And then he had 21-7-4 in the second game over the, uh, over the G League version of the Clippers. Um, huge game as well. And something I want to note about basically what Kevin Porter Jr. has done so far in two games um, for Rio. He's first in field goal attempts so far. He is, let's keep going down. He is third or tied for second, so to speak, in three-point field goal attempts. And then as you go further and further down the line, he's a guy who – Honestly, he's playing good overall ball. He's he's fifth in assists through two games, and he's first in points with 46 points in those two games. So this guy is basically putting on a full-blown offensive clinic. And, I mean, it just goes to make you wonder, like, what he could have been for Cleveland had things kind of went in the right direction. This is a guy who kind of struggled in college as well at USC. He averaged less than 10 points per game, had a lot of off the court issues taking place. And that's probably what hurt his draft stock because he was a guy that was projected to go as anywhere as high as like a, a lottery pick, if not just outside the lottery. Instead, he went 30th overall. So, I mean, this is a guy that I think is going to get called up real soon if he keeps playing like this. And I think it's really just going to be his attitude that determines how long he's able to stay on an NBA roster. Because other than that, the talent is there. And I feel like that he had so much potential at Cleveland. And I feel like he was going to be a major star for that team, along with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. I think this is almost a second chance for him. And I think he's taking full advantage of the second chance that he's been given. He had two great performances so far for that team. I think that he could be a major player in the NBA one day. My first unsung hooper comes from the G League Ignite team. But it's a surprise. It's Jared Jack. On a team that has so much young talent and potential lottery picks, 
Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Isaiah Todd, just to name a few. Did anyone expect that in the first game of the season, Jared Jack would be the leading scorer in the win against the Santa Cruz Warriors? He put up 23 points, two rebounds, and had two steals. He shot 9 of 10 from the field, 3 of 3 from beyond the arc. He did this in 18 minutes coming off the bench. Did I mention he's 37 years old? And to say that I'm shocked is an understatement. But I feel like overall on a young team filled with a lot of potential and potential lottery pick players, he's a good veteran player to have coming off the bench. I mean, hey, bro, first of all, shout out to the OG. I mean, Jared Jack, definitely one of the veterans on this team for a young squad filled with guys. Dacian Nix is another guy who had a pretty good game as well um, early on. And, you know, for Jared Jack to still kind of be, you know, pretty solidified within, you know, this G League space, it just goes to tell you, like, how good some of these prospect guys can get if they really take his tutelage. I think guys like Dacian Nix at the point guard position are really going to be able to learn a lot. We have to remember, this is a guy who helped in mentoring Steph Curry once upon a time for the Golden State Warriors. So he's been around the block. He has been around the block plenty of times beforehand. Uh, you know, in the TBT, we love the homie jo- Joe Johnson. This is this is the G League's Joe Johnson right here. Old, old man Hooper. This is old man Carruthers with the bucket. So, I mean, for real, for real, Jared Jack slept on throughout all this, considering that the Ignite team is so loaded with young talent. I mean, hey, man, he definitely did his thing. And like you said, 18 minutes, 23 points. He made every second count, and he (laughs) barely broke a sweat, it seems. So moving on now to our second unsung hooper. Jalen, who is your second unsung hooper? Yeah, man. So this one kind of hits close to the close to the heart. If you know anything about, you know, the homie, Miles Powell. Miles Powell is a uh, a fan favorite on the podcast, especially going into last year's draft. Um, we weren't really doing college basketball content as much la- uh, during last year's draft in particular. So we didn't get to talk about him nearly as much as we would have liked to going into the uh into this draft class but into that last draft class and this draft class actually didn't get to mention him nearly enough um in terms of the drafting process nonetheless he's playing for the Westchester Knicks yes the Knicks seem to be good in the G League and pretty decent in the NBA as well they are pretty much trying to put out as many great products as they possibly can and you know, I understand if you follow the G League pretty avidly, you're going to see guys like Jared Harper, who had 31, 12, and 4. But in that same game, Miles Powell, 22, 9, and 4 rebounds, 20-point double-double, and he hit five threes in the game. Um, Again, this was against the Greensboro Swarm, just in case anybody was wondering. So I think the big thing for Miles Powell, right, is that for me, when we look at when we look at Miles Powell, undersized guard, very very shifty, definitely a score first guy. I think that he got a bad rap coming out of the Big East. I think it was one of those things where, when you're such a dynamic scorer as a little guard, it doesn't really feel like it translates well to the NBA, which is something that I feel like has been debunked a couple of times already, right? Like you've seen guys like Trey Young already kind of taking that and debunking it. I think Colin Sexton to a lesser degree is another guy who falls into that category. 
Um, Miles Powell is a certified bucket getter. That he's going to end up on the podcast at least three or four times this year in terms of talking about the G League. Um, he's a guy who went undrafted, which is what I mean when I say when he had a bad rap. Coming out of Seton Hall, he's a guy who averaged seventeen point five points per game, three point three rebounds, and two point three assists for his career. I mean. He didn't have the greatest three-point output at that position. He only shot like under 35%, which as a smaller guard, not being the greatest three-point shooter or being a being a solid three-point shooter would hurt your translation. This is a guy I really want to keep my eyes on, out on, not only because I'm a personal fan of his, but also because I think under the right circumstances in the right situation, he could get the kind of call-up that can help him really contribute to, you know, a legitimate push for a team. And I think with Miles Powell, what's interesting because I was a huge fan of his coming out of Seton Hall, and I loved how dynamic of a basketball player he was, how shifty he was, like you mentioned. He could be a lead guard one day in the NBA. I think that him going undrafted, it could motivate him more. Miles Powell could be one of those guys who ends up making it into the NBA, possibly on the New York Knicks, maybe coming off the bench. It could be very interesting to see if he makes the main roster of the New York Knicks. My second player, also on the Westchester Knicks, is Ignis Brasdikas. Ignis Brasdikas put up 28 points, 15 rebounds, and four assists. He shot 11 of 20 from the field, only shot two of eight from three, but I think he will improve on that as the season moves along. Brasdikas is somebody that the Knicks could use, and I was a huge fan of his coming out of Michigan. And the one thing I liked about his game was his patience. He only shot the ball when he saw a good look, and that happened on a couple of his shots in that game. But he's one of the many talented players on this team that I feel like could end up on the Knicks Spain roster. You mentioned Miles Powell. Jared Harper, 31-12 assists in that game. James Young, he had a 20-point game in that game. This is an underrated roster overall that could produce some future stars, one of them being Ignis Brasdikas. Yeah, I think Ignis is very interesting. Like you said beforehand, I think it's funny. I had to kind of backtrack and realize that actually it, when it came to the 31-point game from Jared Harper, that was the game where him and Ignis actually went off together against the Mad Ads. So this is one of those things where actually when you put it in perspective, on a nightly basis, they have guys who can go get their buckets. I mean, on I mean, one night it's Ignis and Jared and Jared Harper who can combine for what's it, fifty nine points on the night. I mean, that's like insane. And then you look at the very next, you know, look at the very next game. You have Miles Powell. Pretty much, I just talked about how he struggled from three in college. And he puts five of them things up and basically gets most of his majority, majority of his points from behind the arc, which only means that he's been working on his three point shot and he's working to improve it, which I do believe that that and his facilitating were two of his biggest flaws coming out of college. And he addressed the three point shot, at least in the in, in that game, I'd say specifically, it shows that the value is there and he had nine assists in that game. So the value in going after the uh, facilitation, I think, is something else that Miles Powell is starting to really take advantage of as well. Um, something that I didn't really get to mention with Kevin Porter Jr. that I want to mention now 
Uh, it's not specifically about him, but I, I was thinking about what we were talking about with this Westchester team and talking about how kind of loaded across the line they are with guys who can potentially put the ball in the basket. I think, ironically enough, I think that Rio Grande's in a bit of a similar circumstance. Um, just not, I think they had probably one of the better one-two punches in the G League because Kenyon Martin Jr. is an animal. This dude is an animal. Like, he's averaging 3.5 blocks per game in the two games that he's played so far this year already. And all I'm going to say is watch this man get boxed. Like watch the way he elevates. I mean, it's almost effortless how he's swatting shots out of for off backboards out of the air into the third row. Like it is ridiculous how athletic this guy is. And the fact that Houston has Kevin Porter jr. And Kenyon Martin jr. In their back pocket as part of what they hope to be able to like get a, you know, a young core building block set of building blocks together behind some of the guys they've already got rolling the Victor Oladipo's of the world who may or may not turn into a trade chip or just somebody that they let go for cap space. John Wall, another guy that they might facilitate another trade for to move him for more assets. Christian Wood, who's a young guy. I don't necessarily think they would want to build around, but definitely a young guy that they think they would want to build up with. So having these two guys on their G League team to build up around is going to be huge. And I think Westchester with them We've already seen how good their young guys have been so far this year. You know what I mean? RJ Barrett in his second year stepping up significantly. Um, Emmanuel quickly. This is another one of those names similar to Miles Powell that's going to come up on the podcast way more than you would think. Any other podcast you listen to, you will not hear Emmanuel Quickly's name nearly as much in comparison to this one. He is a guy who's been playing out of his mind. Float game is on a thousand. Literally, floater game is on a thousand. And then Obi Toppin, who's come back from injury and looks pretty dang good right now. So I think when you look at that and then you look at some of the guys that they have coming up off the G League team, I'm not saying they're going to get called up anytime soon. But what I'm saying is if they do, they've got a couple guys in the chamber who could really be dangerous for them and maybe give us some good bench minutes. I'm glad that you mentioned Kenyon Martin Jr. because this is a guy who could add a lot of depth to an already loaded Houston front court. And then considering that Kevin Porter Jr. is in the back pocket for the Houston Rockets, this is a guy who could eventually become a major player, like I mentioned earlier in the NBA. I think if you move John Wall and you go with Kevin Porter Jr., it does kind of indicate you're moving forward with him as your lead point guard for the future which isn't a bad idea. I mean, he's shown a lot of flashes where he can be that guy, but we're just going to have to see what happens. I think that Kevin Porter has a lot of potential. Kenyon Martin Jr. is showing that he can be a defensive presence in the paint with the Rio Grande Vipers. I think that is going to be interesting to see how he transitions his game to the NBA. I think he's showing flashes of Kenyon Martin Sr., his dad, when he was with the New Jersey Nets and the Denver Nuggets. Like I said, defensive presence in the paint, but like he's athletic, he's an athletic big as well who can attack the glass and so much to be excited about if you're a Houston Rockets fan right now, especially with the type of talent you have on your G League team. But moving on now to our third unsung hooper, Jalen, who is your third unsung hooper? So, bro, this one, this is another one that hits very close to the podcast. This was a guy that I was very high on. Ryan actually was lower on, but probably called it a little bit closer to where he ended up going. So this is a guy who decided not to go, not to, not to 
declare to the, for the 2019 draft with his other Duke Blue Devil teammates. If you don't know who I'm talking about yet, I'm going to tell you right now. It's Trey Jones. Trey Jones was a guy that when Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish all declared in 2019, this was a guy who was projected to go 20th overall or somewhere in the early 20s to a team like the Celtics in that draft class and elected to go back to school. One of his biggest flaws coming out of that that year was that he struggled from the three-point line, and that was something that I felt like he did want to address. I also feel as though his brother Ty, very prominent Duke player, uh, was one that won a championship with Duke. I think that that was one of those things where I think for legacy purposes, he wanted to try to get another crack at it before going to the NBA. Unfortunately, it did not work out, and it led kind of to a downfall because of the draft class that we had this past, you know, this past draft in the 2020 draft that was deep and not deep at the same time, in an interesting kind of way. So with that, Trey Jones went from being a 20th overall projected pick to literally being taken at 41 to San Antonio, which I feel like is a really perfect situation for him. But I do feel as though this G League experience is going to be really good for him in the in the meantime, while he works to get himself brought up. And boy, is he making me look good for saying that because he had 18 points and 16 dimes against the Memphis Hustle the other day. Now, look, I love me some Memphis basketball. That includes their G League team. But y'all had to get this work from my boy Trey Jones the other day, honestly, because, I mean, he was diamond. He, he's, he was he was an ACC defensive player of the year for a reason. He straps up on that side. He pushes the ball really well down court. He's one of those guys that I feel like is going to be really good for the young San Antonio Spurs team behind guys like DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, and guys like that who would really be in a really good situation um, to be able to facilitate this young youth movement that I think the San Antonio Spurs are moving towards. We know DeMar DeRozan is a guy who's going to be moving on soon. We know that LaMarcus Aldridge is another guy who potentially is going to have to be on the, you know, the other end of the spectrum as well in terms of being a guy who transitions from being a part of a team as one of their lead role guys to being a guy who's going to be a role guy somewhere else. And I think another thing to touch on that too is, I mean, granted, you know, when we talk about the G League, you can pluck these guys from anywhere, right? But I think that San Antonio being the team that drafted him might be the team that actually benefits the most from him being on their team. And think about it. You move on from DeMar DeRozan and you get a guy like Trey Jones called up, polished a bit from the G League. And then you get a guy like Luka Samanich, a serious draft and stash guy for them, who's averaging 21.5 points and 13.5 rebounds so far in the 2-0 start for the Austin Spurs as well. So again, we're talking about yet another G League team with two guys in their little back pockets for the NBA squad that down the line could potentially contribute at the next level considering their situations. And I'm thinking that these two guys in particular for this young San Antonio Spurs team could really contribute in, in the places of their two veteran guys in DeMar DeRozan and Aldridge. And who knows, not only will San Antonio maybe be going through a youth movement soon, but maybe Becky Hammond can coach the team. Who knows, bro? Who knows? We can see a lot of different stuff take place in the big techs. 
think the future is bright for San Antonio, especially with Trey Jones. I did mention on a couple of our draft analysis episodes that I believe that Trey Jones was an early second round pick. I do think his three point game was not his best asset. And I feel like he's on the right team and the right circumstances that could really help him polish up his three point game. I think the other thing, Lucas Samanich, just when we think that the G League doesn't have enough talent, there's more. Lucas Samanich, I was contemplating on, on having him as one of my unsung hoopers because this guy has been balling out for the Austin Spurs. And I think if you if you send Samanich and Jones to the main roster, like that's a defensive one-two punch that I think a lot of teams could use. San Antonio may end up getting lucky with this one, considering that I believe Trey Jones had 18 points and 16 assists in mm. that game as well. And then Samanich, you mentioned the statistics that he had in the first two games. This is a one-two punch where I feel like even though San Antonio already has an established backcourt with Derek White and Deontay Murray, this is another guy who can provide a different aspect to this backcourt that could make them even more dangerous. My third unsung hooper is Alonzo Trier from the Iowa Wolves. Alonzo Trier, who's coming out of Arizona, he put up 26 points, six rebounds, and two assists. He shot nine of 16 from the field, three of eight from three. Also went to the line five times. He went three of five from the line. This is another guy, Jalen. I think he has a very bright future in the NBA. And he's already been there too. But I'm going to get to that in a second. The one thing that I noticed about his game was that he was aggressive when he was driving to the paint to get points. He was a guy who's not, or he's a guy who's not afraid to draw contact. Let's talk about his time in the NBA for a little bit. As you know, he played for the New York Knicks for two seasons. He played a considerable amount of games both seasons. And he proved that he can play on an NBA roster. We're looking at his first season with the New York Knicks. He averaged close to 11 points a game on close to 45% shooting from the field and 39% from three. I think that's solid for a guy coming off the bench, trying to take advantage of his minutes. Trier is a guy who gives you solid production. And I think that teams could really use a guy like Alonzo Trier. I think his future, like a lot of the unsung hoopers that we're, we're going to talk about and the unsung hoopers that we've talked about now, they all have bright futures. Yeah, and this is one of those – this is probably one of the few times where I look at a team and I say that I feel like their team, G League-wise, almost could be more talented by putting guys that actually need to be down there, down there. I think – I don't know if this is a hot take because I feel like this has been presented before, but I think that Kevin Knox and Frank Nielakina might need to take some time down there as well. These are two guys who are not – specifically more so Kevin Knox. I feel like he's a guy who kind of got humbled by the league very early and never really turned into any kind of inkling of what he was supposed to be coming out of Kentucky. You know what I mean? This was a guy who was being lined up as having a very fluid offensive game, um, seemed to be at a score at all three levels. Like now he's kind of just like another body for New York. And I think that's really that's I think that's a really difficult situation for him not really being able to. I think it's kind of similar to Dennis Smith, Smith Jr. Actually, I think that's a perfect way to uh, associate it. Is Dennis Smith Jr. almost felt as though just to get his love for basketball back, 
he actually requested to go down to the G League because he just wanted to be able to get back up against competition and really play at a high level to kind of get his get his groove back. I think Kevin Knox is in a very similar circumstance. And I think for Frank's, Frank Nilakina, it's a little different because obviously for him, he's an all NBA level defender. He has that kind of caliber, that, that kind of caliber and physicals to be an all NBA level defender on that side of the ball. So having a guy like that down in the G League sounds like a waste of talent, but he plays the point guard position plays the point guard position specifically. And even if you have him as the off guard, at the point guard position, he does not facilitate well for a point guard. And at the off guard position, he does not score well enough to be your two guard. So I think that because of those two struggles, he could be a defensive stopper. But for him, that basically means that Frank Nilakita is, or what was, Andre Roberson. And in this in today's league, that's not a longstanding player which means that he needs to be able to develop his offensive game. I think that's something he can do in the G League. But Alonzo Trier, Hooper, he's going to be a god down there. He's going to give everybody problems. And this is a guy who, I mean, I, I mean, he's one of those dudes who I think is going to be a really good story coming out of the G League as a guy who gets called up and makes some noise at that guard spot for somebody. So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, who is one G League player that you believe is an unsung Hooper? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.